Hello and welcome to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for you if you suffer from digestive issues such as IBS, SIBO or even bowel disease. This is also the place for you if you're thinking about having a baby or if you have young children and would like to learn more about the infant microbiome. I am your host, Carly Raven. I'm a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert and mother. My mission is to resolve complex gut health issues and reduce the prevalence of gut disorders by educating parents just about how vital gut health is in infants. So, if you're ready to get your shit together, please grab a cup of tea, sit back and enjoy, and let's improve our guts together. Hello and welcome to another episode on the Nourish Gut Podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about gluten and also what you can do for your microbiome to get enough fiber when you're having to remove gluten. So gluten is kind of like put out there as this, the evil food, and most people that actually come to see me in clinic have tried taking gluten out of their diet. For some people, it's really effective and it really reduces their symptoms. And for other people, it doesn't do much. Now, if you have celiac disease, you cannot touch any gluten-based products and it is a must that you remove them out of your diet. So if you are celiac, today's episode is 100% for you. And I hope that it has lots of bonus little information and tips to help you get more fiber on a gluten-free diet. There are some patients that have um, gluten sensitivity, meaning they're not allergic to it. They don't have celiac disease, but they definitely feel better when they're not consuming a lot. Now, I believe gluten is an issue um, overall. I'm not a huge fan of a high gluten diet, and I think that we overconsume gluten and it is contributing to a lot of our digestive issues. And what's basically happening is when we consume gluten, it contains uh, a protein called gliadin. And now gliadin can actually increase what's called zonulin production. And this is happening in our gut. When we have high amounts of zonulin production, we then have high amounts of inflammation. And this is then what causes immune activation, food intolerances, microbiome disturbances, and so on. So there is definitely a cascade that occurs and this will happen every time we eat gluten. So I think the first little bit of information that I want to talk about today in regards to gluten is to make sure that you are just monitoring how much you're eating. Obviously, if you're celiac, do not eat it. Do not touch it. You're doing permanent damage to your villi in your small bowel. It is a disease. You just can't touch it. But if you know that you're not celiac and that you are sensitive to gluten, then just make sure you're aware of how much you're having, what sources of gluten you're having. You know, there's a really big difference between a really good organic quality sourdough and a white loaf of bread. Okay, so just making different choices. But what I really, really wanted to talk about today is actually that the fact that when we go on gluten-free diets, there is a really significant drop in fiber because a lot of the foods that uh, gluten contain so barley, wheat, oats, rye, they actually are forms of fiber and are really great for our bowel as well. So, you know, there is this thing that happens where we take it out and our fiber consumption drops and that in itself can also cause um, gut issues and health issues. So I think it's really important if you're going to take something out, we always need to look at how we can mitigate that. 
So fiber is so, so important for gut health. Like you've heard me talk about gut 40 and diversity and plant foods and, you know, 30 plant foods a week and 30 grams of fiber. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it because I'm so passionate about it. We know that fiber is important because it keeps your bowel regular. Um, It provides prebiotics to the gut microbiome. So prebiotics are compounds found in a variety of foods. That includes things like whole grains, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, legumes, and they actually stimulate the growth of beneficial bacteria in our bowel. Now, there are different types of prebiotic fibers, um, and then they contain common dietary sources. So I just wanted to go through them today so that I can start, because so many people I speak to, they don't, they just think fiber is fiber, but we have different categories of fiber, and we need to be eating a different range of these. So we've got fructooligosaccharides, so these are Brussels sprouts, or, you know, mulberries, um, watermelons, just to name a few. Then you've got inulin, so they are things more like asparagus, green bananas, and then even things like onions, barley, and bran. You've got galacto-oligosaccharides, so in particular looking at here like lentils and beans and chickpeas. Um, pectin, so this is more common in your fruit. So you've got apples, apricots, blackberries, tomatoes, eggplants, like a lot of those foods have pectin. Then you've also got resistant starch, um, and that's got, you know, barley, um, a lot of your whole grain, wholemeal, rye breads, then lentils, chickpeas, brown rice, oats, and then the cooked and cooled potato and pastas. And so I think it's important to take note that some of these groups contain foods that wouldn't be suitable for celiac disease. Or if you are someone who eats a relatively gluten-free diet, then these foods are probably, some of them might not be existing. So we really need to be eating a lot of these different foods to create a really diverse microbiome so that we have the fuel for our microbiome. Okay. And so I think you know, we need to be doing that so that our bacteria are full of, you know, producing, sorry, short chain fatty acids, you know, things like butyrate, propitate, acetate, and I'm getting a little bit technical here, but the point is if we don't have enough fiber, we're not going to get enough short chain fatty acids and all of the amazing things that our gut needs to maintain, you know, nourishment, the cells, inflammation, and also that amazing gut integrity border now i'm talking about leaky gut so there's so much that can happen and it all comes back to fiber so if we don't you know take this into consideration and you continue eating a low fiber diet you will notice that there will be potential alterations to your microbiome And things like bifidobacteria, short-chain fatty acids, butyrate-producing bacteria, they can all be affected, okay? And I also wanted to mention that some gluten-free diets can be linked to an increased risk of even nutrient deficiencies like vitamin D, B12, folate, and iron as well. So I think what I want to do today is actually empower you guys to, you know, get fiber without gluten. So... Rather than talking about the issue itself, I'm going to provide you guys with some information about, you know, if you are celiac or you are on a low gluten diet, I would highly recommend that you consider looking at these gluten-free grain options. 
And be really aware that a lot of the gluten-free products have a lot of ingredients in them that aren't so great on the microbiome as well. So when you're reading ingredients, you know, you can look at emulsifiers, like soy lecithin, um, like there's just so many icky things now put into a lot of gluten-free baking products or flours, breads, cookies, you name it. They're not that great for you. Okay. And they will also actually have, I would say, see a really strong pattern with constipation um, in patients, you know, when I do a bit of a diet audit um, and they're having a lot of these gluten-free products, um, it can cause a bit of issue when it comes to keeping you regular as well. Anyway, let's talk about the solution. Let's talk about what you can do. And, you know, if you're not getting fiber from like gluten containing foods, what I want you to focus on is rice so aiming for brown rice um and you know you could cook and cool your rice basmati rice is fine too um so go for either white basmati or brown rice have them warm and then also try and cool them and have them in rice salads as leftovers as well because that's really great for your microbiome quinoa this can be a a rice substitute because you don't want to overdo the rice either you know making sure variety is at the forefront of your mind is really important fantastic so i love quinoa you can use it in stews curries stir fries in tossed salads one of my absolute favorites with some roast veggies and onions and garlic a bit of feta cheese mm, yum now i'm getting hungry <laughs> um and even people use it in baking breads and muffins and you can make quinoa porridge like so diverse a really fantastic um option Buckwheat flour and grouts as well. So you can make buckwheat flour pancakes, muffins, soba noodles, breads. Um, You can also just use the grouts raw um, and they add a bit more texture to things like muesli and biscuits, um, salads and stews. Sorghum flour is a really versatile uh, substitute um, and it can be used for both savory and sweet. Um, Sometimes you might just need to add a little bit of xylem gum um, for a bit of a thickener or stabilizing um, as well into the mixture. Sometimes I, you know, over my years of playing around with this stuff, um, found that that needed a little bit extra. Then you've got legumes and even legume flowers. I love legume pasta and legume flowers. It's probably my favorite thing because I think that it then, you know, as in uh, more prebiotics, um, we as a family don't eat a lot of beans and legumes. And, you know, I was brought up, not eating them so it's not you know first nature for me um so i just think that a really quick swap for my family was to have legume pasta and legume flour and i really love it i don't even notice it so yeah give that a go and then green banana flour so just buy it raw as a flour um and use it mostly in smoothies um the moment you heat it it can lose its resistant starch effect and fiber and prebiotic properties so i generally just say uh, add it into smoothies or yogurt and things like that um and have it that way rather than um cooking with it (laughs) mental blank um so i think you know how do you know if you're getting enough fiber i think the great place to start is go back to my gut 40 resource it's free it's on the website download that do an assessment, look at how many whole foods you're eating, tick them off as you go, and then you can start to increase that. You can also do microbiome testing. 
something I offer all of my clients. And that's a comprehensive overview of your gut microbiome. It will actually show us different bacteria. So today I talked about short chain fatty acids and butyrate, propanate and acetate. And I can even, you know, do a little search in that data and look up, you know, your butyrate producing bacteria, your bifidobacteria levels. I love it. So much information. So if you're someone who has existing gut issues um, and you want to know more, um, I think start with the gut 40, make some changes there. um, And, you know, if you're looking at taking a deeper dive and getting to the bottom of your gut issues, or you are a little bit concerned about your diet um, and your microbiome, reach out and let's get some testing done. And we'll see the full report of what's going on in that gut. Um, And then give you specific plans so you know we can then you know do a personalized shopping list of the high fiber foods that are going to be you know specific for you that are going to increase butyrate or short chain fatty acids um and and that contain amazing fuel for your microbiome so that you can get the results that you're wanting but hopefully today has given you guys a little bit more information into you know some of the concerns that we have around you know gluten-free diets and especially for celiac like you guys like it's quite challenging in itself that you have to remove a whole food group and you literally can't even have contaminated bits. So, and then, you know, so many people that I see are on gluten-free alternatives and they're not great for the microbiome. And then there is this really big issue that we've got that significant drop in fiber. So, you know, a little bit of work is, is needed. You can't just go gluten-free and, you know, it's kind of like being a vegetarian or a vegan. You have to work at that. You have to be disciplined and, and make sure you're paying attention to what you're eating because it can be easier for nutritional deficiencies or gut issues to occur purely because of the fiber. So I hope that's been, you know, really um, educational for you and provided you with some really great things that you can start doing to increase your fiber. Um, yeah. And reach out if you need anything, if you want to dive deeper into 2022 into your microbiome, I would love to organize some gut testing for you. So uh, you can book an appointment on carlyraven.com or send me a DM Just say, hi, let me know what's going on for you. And we can sort out the next steps. Um, I will see you next week on the podcast. Have a fabulous week, everyone. Bye. Did you like what you heard? Leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about my Nourish Gut program or the Nourish Gut Kids membership, head over to my website. Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast.